Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 99. In this episode, we'll be talking about the WizKids Guide on Copying, our 11th card, Nick Fury Commanding the Commandos, and wrapping it all up with a Brewing Buddies. So let's kick it off with the Guide on Copying. All right, guys, we are here with Zach, the Global Guru. How are you doing today, my friend? Awesome. Um, so Dr. J is off doing another secret mission. Um, so we got a rules forum update. And so we, we're having you do this one because this is an interesting one. This has been a little wildly debated because there's a lot of cards that kind of do this and we wanted some clarification. So. Yeah, this is awesome that they they did something like this. I think this is one of those things we've always wanted them to do. It's like, well, this this kind of area is, is really confusing. How, how about you just tell us how it works and... Boom, they gave us this big, long article that tells us exactly, almost exactly, how all control stuff works. Yeah, so so this this is about a guide on how to copy dice, So because you've seen that ability show up, and it's on the WizKids rules forum, so that's win.wizkids.com forward slash BB, B as in boy, um, and they put a whole post on this, so we're not going to read the whole post because it's actually fairly long, but we're going to kind of break down what they described because they said there are different types of copying dice masters, stats, abilities, and dice slash cards. So we're kind of going to break that down. So for the first one that says, when an ability copies the stats of a character die, it copies the fielding cost, the attack, and defense printed on the face of the copied die as it then exists in the field. It does not copy any bursts, but it would re- retain its own bursts. This occurs without regard to whether another game affected previously or subsequently altered or alters the copied die's stats. The copying die copies the states physically located on the copied die at the time of the copying occurs. Because the fielding cost is being copied as well, a player fielding subsequent... Ah, I can't, uh, I can't enunciate today. Subsequent... Sub- subsequent... Wow, I'm having one of those days. Subsequent copies of the copying die would pay the copied fielding cost when fielding the copied copying die but not when they field the first copy of the copying die as it would not copy the copied die fielding cost until it is already in the field. Some cards alternatively state that they copy the printed attack and defense of another die. These cards would work in the same way with the sole exception being that they do not also field or copy the fielding cost. Yeah. Let's not have a drinking game where you take a drink every time I say copying or copy <laughs> because you're probably passed out by now. <laughs> so so the thing that I liked about this one is uh, that that at, at the very end when it's talking about the printed attack and defense, mm-hmm. a lot of us really like to play the mimic that when Phil did, you copy the attack and defense. And then every time the copy um, is fielded, the, 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 the die that you copied is fielded, then you get to prep some dice. Mm-hmm. So I liked that because... It. I don't have to. If I field another mimic, I don't have to pay the fielding cost, but I still get a copy that printed attack and defense. But they did say if it says copy the stats, then it does copy the printed fielding cost. So if you field another one, you have to pay the fielding cost, yeah. which stinks for those ones, but awesome for uh, those of us that like to play that mimic. Yeah, and and I like this one when they mention they specifically say what kind of stats because we've had this discussion mm-hmm. before. It's like, well, if I change the copying, what, what is, does stats mean? It, it, yeah. Is is it kind of like in programming where you have a variable and it changes so it like chains through? Um, I like how they're doing the let's let's keep it as simple as possible where 
if it's copying right then, whatever the attack and defense at that point, that's what you're getting. That's yep. what you're going to stick Regardless with. Regardless of spinning. Yeah. yeah. And which it also comes up. Um, yeah. So like if, if that die gets buffed later on, the, the one that you copied is still at its original level. Exactly. Um, which is great. And this kind of makes me wish I had a play mat that was a dry erase board. Yeah. So I know I was thinking of that too. I'm like, well, how, what's, what's a good way to track this? You know, if, if I, if I filled my mimic, how am I supposed to know that it copied that Hulk? That's a six, six. If that Hulk spins up, I'm going to, I'm going to remember it because it's an awesome six, six. Well, it doesn't matter if it spins, but how am I going to remember my mimic is six, six, because even if their Hulk gets pinged out or goes through and goes away, my, mine is still a six, six. So how am I supposed to remember that? So I'm sure someone will come up with something, but yeah. it got I, me thinking a little bit. I was like, bit. yeah, I want to dry erase board where I can just mark the, ta- yeah, the stats right idea. next to it. It'd be yeah. great. All right, so on to its next version. Um, guys, please don't play this drinking game because there's a lot of versions of copy in this. So it says, for the next one is, when an ability copies the abilities of a card, it means to functionally take all text in the copied dies card, except any global abilities, and add it to the copying dies card. The card of the copying die also retains its original text. When the copied text references the name of the original card, substitute the name of the copying die. For example, if Mimic Calvin Rankin were to copy Professor X Noble Intentions, Mimic would add the following text. While Mimic is active, your X-Men character dice have plus one attack and plus one defense. This effect is only concerned with the text actually on the card at the time copying occurs. If the copied die has additional abilities... Oh, ah, did I lose the line? Yep. <laughs> um, where did I go? Wow. I've got it here. Yeah. If the copied die has additional abilities at the time of the copying due to another game effect, those would not be copied. So I, I would assume something like um, Lantern Ring, it adds an mm-hmm. ability. Those ones wouldn't be added with it. Yeah. Similarly, if the copy die subsequently has text on its card ignored by another game effect, the copying d- die would be unaffected. So if I copied um, a Hulk and I then blank their Hulk, my die is unaffected. Yeah. It still keeps that ability even though their Hulk yeah, it would be uh, still is blank. Mimic Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> However, if the text on the copied die's uh, card is being ignored due to another game effect at the time of copying, the ignored abilities would not be copied, even if that text is no longer ignored. So if I copied or if I blanked their their Hulk and then filled something to copy it, I can't copy their card because it's being ignored. So it, it basically copies a blank, right? And then if the copied, uh, if the copies... Copied die's card has a when filled ability. Subsequent copies of the copying die would trigger that ability when they are filled. Now that's really important because we, we weren't sure how this worked, but not when they filled the first copy of the copying die, as it would not copy the copied die's abilities until it has already been filled. So you filled the first one, you copy um, an ability that has a when filled. So maybe let's say Beholder, because that one's awesome. And then, you know that's not in modern. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is for everything. This is this affects everything. <laughs> Just want to remind you. So about I that. go copy a beholder because for some reason I didn't bring it, or maybe I want extra ones. I filled my doppelganger and copy a beholder. I then filled another doppelganger. It's going to trigger um, beholders the second time, but not that first time because it's already mm-hmm. been filled. It. Yeah, I, I like how they did that because it keeps it consistent 
with the timing that they're trying to get mm-hmm. in the windows of terms of when fielding stuff because that 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 was always a common question people asked it's like well when I field it and I copy something that has a wind field, it shouldn't work because I fielded it. But they're making that delineation saying that, well, that window has passed because you finished fielding it and you did the ability on that card that says to copy. Um, and then it's not going to work on that one. But if you field another one, that's when it's going to trigger. So do you want me to confuse you a little bit more with it? (laughs) So because they trigger at the same time, right? That's two wind fielded that would be happening. you probably could choose the other like doppelgangers first and then you don't get to use the other beholders when fielded, right? Because you get to choose which one yeah. goes first because you're the active player. Sure. Why? Yeah. You I don't do know that. why you would, but <laughs> yeah, you so, could. So, yeah. So that's the these kind of second one. And the last one is when an ability copies a character die or a character card, it copies the copy died stats, abilities, and everything else printed on the copy dies card, such as title, name, subtitle, purchase cost, energy type, affiliation, alignment, equipability, and global abilities. As to stats, this occurs in the same manner as described above. As to abilities, this also occurs in the same manner as described above, with one exception. Because the copying die's name is replaced by the copied die's name, any self-referential abilities, either in its original abilities or its copies abilities, will refer to the name of the copied die. As to everything else copied, operate as if the copying die is identical to the copied card with one exception. When purchasing the copying die from its card or when using game effects that refer to the copying uh, to the copying dice on their card, use the purchase cost, including any energy requirements, as originally printed on the copying dies card. In all other circumstances, use the purchase cost on the copied dies card. Um, so, this this one this one's a little trickier, but I I like how because a lot of the times we we were like, well, I guess it only copies this. This kind of clears it up from the the first type where it copies just the stats, where this takes everything. Because we've had that question too. It's like, well, does it take, you know, if I copied an X-Men and my guy's not an X-Men, do I get that affiliation on top of everything else? And it seems like you do for that one. Um, yeah, so the the big thing I think we've we've now found out on this one is, so it's taking over. So Doppelganger, let's just give an example. If I fill Doppelganger for the first time and I copy Shriek, I don't get to name anything, as we just determined um, that first time. But then on the second time that I filled maybe another doppelganger, I get to use Shriek's ability. So I'm going to basically have an extra Shriek. So I could already have a Shriek blanking something. If I filled this doppelganger and choose something else, it now says it replaces it. So doppelganger basically is another shriek so it gives you an opportunity to use that twice um and then with doppelganger you could choose something else again as it says but it basically gives you an extra um trigger of wind filled abilities for uh the characters that, that you're choosing so i could have my beholder copy you know they're not bringing beholder, that back in the modern copy it's, a beholder it's, with it's, doppelganger it's, it's and i can technically have <laughs> Like eight beholders out there. It could happen. You just really hope. Ju- you just you really know, four of for, each, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Like, this is like Russ going to have a whole team of scarecrow and nothing but copied scarecrows. Just, just, just because we can. <laughs> yeah, it's no true. other reason. It's true. So there's one other thing that, that, at least in my opinion, I think that they didn't quite clarify perfectly. So they've talked about what happens when you copy a character die and a character card. 
but not necessarily uh, an effect. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think what you're talking about is those cards that are what I consider combo effects mm-hmm. that, have, that have more than one ability. Exactly. Te- technically ability. So more than one sentence that usually it's a wind fielded and then it has a wildest characters active kind of thing. How that. Yeah. So, so let's yeah. say um, something like shriek has a wind fielded target, a character period. And then there's an also second ability part to that uh, while active, you know, you, you blank a character basically. So if I'm using something like the rare, um, absorbing man. It says you get to copy the wind filled effect. So uh, the wind filled effect does the effect mean the whole ability of that card from start to finish, meaning the targeting and the while active part, or is it just or in the first period? Is it literally just the while the 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 wind filled part, which is just trigger yeah. or uh, tar- targeting? Targeting, yep. yeah. So I, I I've seen I've seen the argument both ways. Um, I've submitted it, but you know people can. Hey, they like answering your questions. Yeah, they've done a couple, so so, so maybe, maybe I'll get lucky. But you know that'll be up to tos to to rule that one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Until the WizKids forum posts it, I I actually like that they put this up and the amount of detail they put into it. So if yeah. you guys actually want to read it, which I suggest you should, because I butchered a little bit of this, um, make sure you guys check out win.wizkids forward slash bb b is in boy. And there's one that says um, the title is a guide on copying, um, but this this clears up a lot of kind of the questions we had, right? It may not get everything, but I th- I think this is a good effort in them trying to figure everything out, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think what it's going to do is now that those things that are clear on copying, people can play those cards confidently and say, yes, this is how it's ruled, this is how it's done, so I'm going to be able to play this confidently and not bring a team and be like, well, I don't know how they're going to rule this copying thing. Now you can go with that confidently. So we may see some of these copying effects more often. Yeah. And and I like that last one where they mentioned the purchase cost because I never, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Until yeah, now. So that- and, and also when you go and, and read this um, online, they give, they give some really good examples. There's some other questions and answers. And I, I you know, I'm hoping it helps the community kind of trigger some ideas and be like, oh, wait, so I should use this. I've already got a couple. I mean, think of how good Absorbing Man or Doppelganger is going to work with some of these other Mm wind-filled things like the Norman Osborn uh, Firefly, like they give an example with. There's going to be some fun stuff come out of it. Yeah. Now now I've got to issue you a challenge and Russ a challenge to see which one of you two can build a team that's going to end up copying your guys' favorite character more. Mm. Like. Can you get more beholders and he can get scarecrows out? Well, well it works just, with Swarm now, so that might be a good one too. Multiple men, <laughs> oh, get 12 multiple men oh, out there. Geez, that'd be so, oh, I, don't, I don't know what you'd do with that much energy. You'd probably take a lot of... Actually, you should do that and then put the Egyptian backward. god cards from Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. In, and maybe you actually will be able to buy and field them. And, co- and copy one. <laughs> yeah, just copy all of them. All right, Zach, thank you so much um, for talking about this and filling in the shoes for Dr. J while he's on his secret mission. Um, we will have you back on a little bit later where we're going to brew a team for a card that I think we've been talking about the pieces around it, but we just never had mentioned it on our Brewing Buddies. All right, guys, we are here with Ken Poole. How are you doing today, my friend? Pretty good. I was playing the copy drinking game. <laughs> I, I think I won. I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure, right. I'm pretty sure I would have passed out in the first sentence. <laughs> and I, and so, all right. So it is time for us to talk about our 11th card. So it's a card that usually gets on the short list of, te- of teams, but you always have to cut it because 
having only 10 cards, two basic actions, eight yeah. characters, sometimes it's just a little too limiting that yep. this doesn't make the cut. So this one actually is from the Thor set. It's Nick Fury commanding the commandos. He's a two-cost shield, max die of four, and his ability is while Nick Fury and an opposing villain character die are active, you may field character dice for free. Um, which I like. It, it's also kind of like a throwback. And wait, he use, he actually uses the old Nick Fury dice from Avengers versus yeah. X-Men, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Where there was a Nick Fury back then, but it was just Avengers characters and didn't have the villain stipulation yep. to it too. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that throwback to his ability. Yeah, it's, it's very cool, like a uh, little throwback. Yep, so so we can see why this would get on your shortlist, right? Just Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean... Partly because, you know, fielding costs, if you can reduce them, that's awesome for your economy always. Uh, you know, whether it leaves you room to buy more stuff or to play more globals or whatever, if you can save on fielding costs, you're ahead. Um, and villains are pretty big right now. Like there's, yeah. a, there's a couple that I think we could all think of off the top of our heads that are getting a lot of yeah, play. Yeah, I'm thinking Shriek's a villain, the Blob's a villain. Um, is the Clickter a villain? I think he's a villain. Yeah, the collector's a villain Collector, too. Uh, I do believe Scarlet Witch is a uh, villain. Yeah, Scar- Scarlet Witch, and if you you know you got somebody still playing those foot ninjas, they're villains. Yeah. Uh, did, did you mention Shriek? Yeah, Shriek. Yeah. In <laughs> uh, Malekith, also, if anyone's running actions, like there's a lot of really good meta villains. Yeah, even the Batman that rerolls things. One side, he's a villain. You know, yeah. So don't forget about the flip flip cards. Yeah. There's a villain like, usually on one side. Like, two-thirds of that Batman set is half-villain. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that. And then we were talking about it prior to the show, too. One of the things that is super helpful is, and maybe a lot of people are thinking about this, is the dragons, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I see this as uh, a really good way... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, a really good way to kind of deal with someone harassing you with their Scarlet Witch and shutting down your Ring of Winter. You still got got to roll them, but... At least you don't have to pay all that fielding cost to get them in the field, especially if you're using the ring to buy them still. Uh, you you might find yourself rolling two or three dragons at a time, and if they're rolling on their three to field sides, then it gets really pricey. Yeah, I, I mean, many a time as I was practicing against Russ and his dragon team, I would survive the round just on the pure fact that he had rolled the dragon on its level three side with its three feeling cost, and he just did not have enough energy to breath weapon that same turn, or yep. I would have been boned. Yeah, Nick Fury here, I think he'd be a great uh, kind of backup plan for getting shut down by Scarlet Witch. And he's kind of non-threatening enough, I think, that he's not going to be targeted by your Shriek. You know, if you're running dragons, they're going to target your gold dragon or your silver dragon. Um, His one two two attack is not yeah. You okay. Know, I mean, there's there's also if you're running it with like a Grod or a King Shark or something like that, chances are that's going to be the thing that people are looking at, not so much the way that you field them. Yeah, you know, I- and really with some of those big characters that have the awesome like the the awesome stats and the big fielding costs, even if they are vanilla, getting them into the field. You know, if you're talking about an eight eight for three cost. Getting that eight eight vanilla into the field is still really cool for free. Yeah, and I like how it's a two cost too, because we we've seen yeah. some of those other like quote unquote support cards being like 
a four or a five cost where it's like, is it worth it to get it? But at a yeah. two cost, this makes it a lot easier in terms of figuring out your buy curve and when to actually get them. Into Absolutely. The field. And, and it's really kind of just that you throw, you know, one or maybe two dice onto it. You don't need a full complement of four. Um, you look across the table from you and if it's looking good, you could buy it early. You know, you could wait a little bit later if you're not sure they're going to buy a villain. You know, if you're, really really wanting to just make it work you could try a danger room in modern or a villain maker in some of the old sets you know if you're playing golden but uh yeah and and it's got really good uh defensive stats too for being that like support character at a three four five defense yeah it's gonna be you know it's not super easy to get rid of him yeah and he's just you know he's and that, that that's always good, especially if you're playing against somebody who's bringing all over a crush or something like that, where you're like, okay, oh, yeah. I'm going to use him. And he's not, ironically, two of his faces require fielding costs, but yeah, <laughs> I, guess, you know. I guess you're, you know, paying for but that admission. But it is only one. I yeah. mean, he's a zero one one fielding. Yep. The I think that his weakness would be a, uh, a force attack at one, two, two for his offense. That's, not very strong you know like that's that's pretty easy to take if he's if your opponent catches on to the fact that you're getting really far ahead by using him yeah um and so 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 we kind of talked about the benefits and so why does this get cut as the 11th card i have a really hard time building a team that depends on my opponent building the right way um my team depending on my opponent's villains my team depending on any if if my team depends on my opponent. I just have a, a hard time hoping that everyone I play is going to fall into villain. whatever that trap is. I mean, they, there's a lot of them, but I I would be so mad at myself that time that I was exp- like depending on him and ran up against someone that wasn't running villains. Yeah, that, that, um, that's when you kind of do want to bring that villain maker global that are that are yeah. on some of the older cards, but not too many on the newer ones. Yeah. Um, it also, there's really, there's just so many good cards right now that there's only so much room for so many different types of support. And while working your economy or or saving on some of your economy for fielding works really well, there are other things like if you've got, you know, dark side swarming, your economy is less of an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, you can afford some more of that fielding, um, you know, Ring of Winter is extremely solid. I do see him as a good backup, but then you're cutting out some other utility because you're obviously not going to be cutting dragons, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, definitely not. So it's he just doesn't quite make it great. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, his affiliation, he's the shield. Like, the, not, not the... He's well, in the energy... He's type, the yeah. shield in all possible yeah. ways. Yeah, but <laughs> there's not a lot of synergy right now with the shield, especially since yeah. they rotated out Melinda May for some reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say Taskmaster. Or actually, no, yeah, Taskmaster's <laughs> gone. Melinda May's still in, but... Is she? I don't uh, know. Or I can't remember. She was on that fringe, which yeah. was weird. But there's not a lot of, like, the shield yeah, there's, affiliation. There's not a lot out. of the shield affiliation. Yeah. Hopefully, with the upcoming Infinity War box... Yeah, we'll get a little bit more love for yeah, Shield. Yeah, because we especially we hear from Russ, you know, when he's mentioning he's like when you put a card on the team, he he likes having it do more than one thing. While this yeah. is kind of pretty much doing it only this, the one thing. This is doing one thing, and it's in the in the current. You know, if you're playing modern, it's doing one thing, assuming that your opponent has a villain on the team that they want in the field. 
like you're kind of depending a lot on your opponent in the modern age. You know, you go golden age. There's, I feel like there's more room for him, but there's also that many more cards that could potentially fill that spot better than him. Yeah. So I, I would ask you if you were going to build a team that's actually let, let's say golden to make it easier. What would kind of be your most ideal team be where you would have Nick Fury on 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 there? Um, I would definitely have a. Uh, I would definitely have a villain maker. Maybe like global. the like Iron Man, Tin Man or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something right? like that. Um, I would honestly, if I was <clears throat> if I was going for really just maximizing my use of him, I would want probably Professor X so that I could buy some of the big cards or big characters. Old Professor X, be, right? Oh yeah. 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 The the old one <laughs> with the the OG from uh what was it? Uncanny? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of the few uncanny cards. Yeah. I would want him. And then I'd be looking at the biggest things with the biggest fielding costs. Honestly, there's there's an element. I would be looking to confuse my opponent. Yeah, I, like I, I, I know one card that I would love to put on this would be the Batman from War of Light that usually would make them unblockable under situations. Yeah. But I'd always run into that issue where I'd roll them and I didn't have enough energy to field them because yep. it's like a one, two, three fielding yeah. which is super expensive yeah honestly I'd, i would be looking to just confuse my opponent and have them kind of going how are you going to be like you've got all these expensive characters with crazy fielding costs how are you even going to do this and ideally <clears throat> i'd be hoping to try and set up that one turn where i roll three or four big characters and it looks like i can't field them make one of their guys a villain field them all for free and have them going, oh, wow, that turned around really fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it would be kind of a, just a trick shot type of team. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I would even want the, what was Purple Worm's stats? Yeah, Purple Worm, Purple Worm, would, be Worm would be a good so one. so fun. Um, oh, that's not modern. That's why they not showing up. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a 1-1-2, one, one, but that would yeah. be awesome just to get my purple worm there and I didn't pay anything to feel them because I I, I would see some other teams, especially when you're playing golden kind of those older drafts where if you did get that, that um, Nick Fury that was gave the Avengers free fielding, you could build a solid team because a lot of those Avengers had like two or three fielding costs on some of their faces where it made it harder to get a lot of Avengers on the field. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that like going back to that old D and D set that you kind of just, made me think of again Tarask would be a really good one uh trolls would be good with their one one two not that that's really expensive but it always felt like their fielding was a little bit too much for what they did mm-hmm. but i think Tarask would be crazy fun with him because that thing is just a truck have you ever had a super rare Tarask off it's I do believe so, I have. Yeah. It is so much fun. So much yeah. fun. So this would make it like so much easier to do. And if you guys have never done it, go go proxy the card and go have a Tarask off. It is yeah. it's, it's super fun yeah. to see what comes back and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of that, is, is there anything else you kind of want to mention in terms of this Nick well, Fury? Well, there's also like, like, if I remember, half the cards in Yu-Gi-Oh! had bad fielding costs. Oh, yeah. Like, there's yeah. there's an entire set that gets better with this Nick Fury. Spider-Man gets insanely yeah, better. Spi- Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man set gets a lot better with, with reducing fielding costs. And the, and the nice thing about this is this 11th card, it's a common. 
Yeah. So it's not that hard to find or get yeah. your hands on. I mean, if you guys go to your local scene, you know, somebody probably made a wallpaper of just common Dick Furies. Yeah. I'm, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. I, w- I would say, though, another drawback for this, though, is if you're doing a Thor draft, he may not be the best card to grab. Yeah. Thor doesn't have a ton of villains and has zero villain makers. So in draft setting, he might not be great. Yeah. And so that's something to consider. But the chaos draft, I'm thinking about it. Hmm. That would in be a chaos draft. He'd that'd be, be excellent. That'd be really excellent. Um, and then, you know, if Russ decides to play his disgusting villain team. Yeah. You know, this would be a great one to just get on and just punch him in the face. Cause let's be honest, oh, yeah. Russ doesn't know how to attack. No, no, no he'll be all. sitting there just <laughs> absorbing damage. <laughs> He's just like, oh, how am I losing? I'm like, yeah. well, I'll be attacked. Um, all right, Ken, thank you so much for uh, talking about this, and I'm glad you didn't get alcohol poisoning. Yeah, um, you know, I tried. I put in a good effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, before we go, what's, what's, your, what's your liquor of choice when you're playing drinking games? Usually whiskey. It's a good choice right there. Um, so we'll have you back um, in a second where we're going to be br- doing some Bruin Buddies. And this is an interesting card that I think all of us forgot about for a while. Yeah. All right, guys. We are back with the full crew. We have Zach, the Global Guru. How you doing? Good. And then we have Ken Pohl. How you doing today? Good. And then the guy who's who finally recovered from our drinking game. He passed out during the last section. Yeah. We have Russ, the KO King. How you doing today, my friend? Good. How are you? Yeah. How, how, how'd you like our... Uh, copying drinking game where you you know you seem to enjoy yourself you lost because ken won he was he was he was sober enough to do a segment i think russ ko'd himself <laughs> <laughs> all right so it is time for a brewing buddies and this one was sent in by darius g and uh he kept it short and simple for this one he's like for brewing buddies i would like to see you guys build a team around czar colossus so this is the super rare from x-men first class he's um his ability is you may not use question mark energy to purchase his die. This text may not be ignored. And his ability is when fielded, KO all sidekicks and deal one damage to target opponent for each sidekick die KO'd by this effect. Um, so he's a crossover, so you're going to have to roll one of each energy. But the way I roll, it just that's like a normal turn for me. So do we want to start off by saying what do we need in this t- team in order to actually be able to buy him easy, easier? We'll I just guess. we'll just assume because I I mean we we could throw in things like nowhere the rare nowhere yeah it's true we've, yeah we've kind of proven to, to get around you could it, do yeah. the whole katana nowhere thing if you're I guess going old modern or golden yeah or you could do uh, either old or new energy fixers and make it a little bit easier that way yeah um, usually I mean if you take up half your team and do all four of them they kind of would work but you're almost ensuring that you can buy it turn one or turn two yeah. Yeah, um, so that, that, that's if you for sure need to like you know so I need to buy this and you're building around it. But do you, I don't think you always what do you have think, to do that. Like for one of these crossover characters, what do you think is the sweet spot on energy fixers? Like one, two, three? Do you? Think I, you I, I mean, I, you're, you're I asking it. Zach the global like, girl. No, He'll I, say four. When, when I, I had a <laughs> I had a dead man uh, uh, firestorm team, I think it was where I had all four of the energy fixers, so I for sure would be able to buy it. And then some of those kind of work. This is back with, you know, Grodd and Cyborg and things like right. that. So you could do it, but that's when you're building around like a two, you know, like a two card combo where you want him and like one other thing. Yeah. And you could with him because, I mean, seriously, if you had him and Cube, let's say Cube is legal in this, <laughs> right? Him and Cube, and then you're just maybe like Professor X Global, 
the the new one where you're just yeah. fielding sidekicks. New Professor X. We mentioned old Professor X last segment. Yeah. So yeah, new yeah, Professor yeah. X. Yeah. yeah, so the new <laughs> Professor X. So you you just get a, a ton of those out. I mean, how many do you need in order to win if you have well it one or be, two cubes, right? Yeah. So it'd be you have three one cube each it's if you had not, one. So yeah. You're yeah, gonna, so I mean that alone you could do it. So you could you could have a fun team and just have all your energy fixers, or go the nowhere route yeah. and make it a little bit slower. But if you want to buy them for sure, and and the only time you'd want to do that is if it's competitive, where you have to make sure it's competitive or uh, consistent. But if you're just doing something for fun, I mean, just build a team around them. You don't have to, yeah, you know, see, like have I, to buy them. I've always kind of felt like the sweet spot was probably two energy fixers. Yeah, I think that would be safe. You know, that but way then of course Kevin would roll the other two. Yeah, and, and all the, the time he, he would roll those same all two that you brought. I think that if he had all four of them on his team, he'd just roll sidekicks. I'd roll, well, then like, I'd roll generic then energy. Then it would work, though, yeah, if he had all work. four. Yeah, it'd be perfect. But I would roll, like, somehow I would manage to roll generic energy or roll all question marks. You would marks. just roll yeah. all fists yeah, all qu- all, yeah. all, or all question marks. Yeah, all question marks. No, that so, would be too good because you'd buy other stuff I, with question marks. Well, if I brought four energy fixers, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I say we, we just build a team saying, and, and we could do something like, well, maybe we don't build around him, but what... What's a, a team where he's just the missing uh, link? I, he is the missing link on a sidekick team. Like, if someone manages to shut down your foot ninja with insect plague. You, say if you they're go, like okay, doing the Blackbird Global all the okay, time. Okay, cool. You're filling up my field with sidekicks. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm bringing uh, White Tiger and I'm filling your field with sidekicks to make my, make my foot ninja that much stronger. And, and you manage to shut me down and just kind of yeah. lock me into that. I feel Tsar Colossus and end the game. Or at the same time, if your opponent or your meta, they play a lot of sidekick teams, this is a way to get rid of all oh, of yeah. those. Yeah, this is So this you could do really it against them as well, right? Ooh, I got to put... So, so yeah, so the super rare Jubilee Professor X combo would work really new well. New Professor X? Yeah, new <laughs> Professor X. What's going to happen <laughs> when we get a third Professor X and we're going to be like, uh. There is a third Professor X. He just doesn't have a global. <laughs> so that would... You know, you're fielding sidekicks, dealing damage, then you're KOing them and dealing damage. That's like you're, this, this card is like the culmination of the favorite your favorite things to do is fielding sidekicks and KOing crap. Yeah, you got to bring uh, like Malekith if, to, if, hey, to no, keep so KOing. If him. this card could take control of something else, it'd be like this would be the only card Russ would talk about ever. So, yeah. so you scrap all of the energy fixers because you don't want them turn one. You want them at the end when you have a ton of sidekicks out there, right? So let's say you're going a little slower. You you do the Jubilee Professor X thing, so you're just pinging them a little bit there. You get a bunch out, but you also throw on uh, that Mimic. You fill them <laughs> and target a sidekick, and then you're fielding a bunch of sidekicks. So then you have just tons of energy. You have like all of your energy, yeah. and you're going to roll one of each with that way. And then, you know, you maybe just chalkboard it over for the win and just filled it. And, and then what you boom. can do with the Mimic copying is, since this is only a max of die one, oh. use Mimic to copy him. His stats, get him on level three, because he's a he's Ooh. an 8-8. Eight, eight. So if you're copying that with a Mimic that's a three cost, you're getting two 8-8s eight out there. So you got to throw on a Giganta Global to be able to spin him up to make sure he is on 8-8. Eight, eight. Man, for a four cost, though, even on his level two, he's a 6-6. Six, six. That's awesome. I mean, you just got to be able to buy him. Yeah, it's not a problem. Not a problem at all. So for fun with this team, I would probably add the Juggernaut because I've actually been trying to put him on a sidekick team. <laughs> now it's kind of goofy. What, what's his ability? Nothing can stop me. When a sidekick is KO, Juggernaut gains two attack and two defense. So 
So you just uh, oh. you just give him over the brush, <laughs> wipe out the field, and he's a seven six on his level three. He's three to field, well, so I mean, he, it would be a six, fun team. He's six three on his level one. Like <laughs> yeah, he has so massive you, stats, no matter so you where you are. A few. Um, the other way to do this, I think, is to use it against your opponent with them fielding the sidekicks. So uh, I forget the one that when a sidekick is KO'd, they go to your bag. Um, uh, Agent, Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Yeah, Agent Carter. Something like that would be interesting. So do some too. bag now, stuff in. You would then not field sidekicks to deal damage, but you're, you're you're still pinging them. So it's kind of that whole workaround in that way. So, and remember, allies work too. So any ally with a when KO'd ability, that's what works. Ooh, Alfred. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, what if you did? Oh, this Uh-oh. would be fun. Zar Colossus, Alfred, and Absorbing Man. Which Absorbing Man? The copy when filled abilities. <laughs> so, so, or the, the, so you do it twice. So you would KO your Alfreds twice. Yeah. And man, I'd only KO them of course once I would, if I was rolling because yeah. somehow I would roll a sidekick and Alfred would be KOing him the first yeah. time. And then. This is golden, right? So you put black manta on <laughs> and uh, danger, room. danger room. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. This is a wow. And, and, and once you've that got... That would be cool. Once you've got uh, your... If you've got a way to keep KOing your Czar Colossus with Absorbing Man, just start making him Alfred. Could So could, you, you've just yeah. got like eight things that you can keep going. Could... Could they survive? Let's just say you have that scenario, right? Where you have Zar Colossus, four Alfreds, and an Absorbing Man. Or not an, even that, but the Danger Room. Every And Black Manta. So you're going to take four initially. Yes. Plus, let's just say you have four Alfreds. You've... You know, he's a two cost. Yeah. And one black manta. How that would be game, right? That would be four plus three plus three. You know, because he's KO'd, so it's three for the first one. It would be two for the next one. How and then if you had absorbing man, you're doubling all that. I think we cool. need a spreadsheet. Yeah. The, that's the, that but, gets really convoluted but, but that's, really fast. That's normal for a rest team if we oh, need yeah, a spreadsheet. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> or you know, need or, an entire PowerPoint presentation <laughs> just to show you what happens when I field this character. Or you, it's an X Men. Oh, I know what I'd use oh, with the X Men uh the um Polaris that I've been playing with. So I would <laughs> I would uh bring all the sidekicks back. Paying shields, right? Yeah. Yeah, paying shields and then attack. So clear their field. Did you just say attack? Yeah. Do do you know how to do that? I think that X-Men is actually an affiliation that you could do a lot of stuff with now in competitive. There's a lot. uh, The promos, Wolverine and Colossus. Just Colossus. Yeah, I was going to say you could... Yeah, it's Colossus, not Zar Colossus. No, I'm saying do there. But then you can have both. Well, <laughs> it's even cooler when you get the, a boat. The, Col- the Colossus promo has one side has Iron Will, the other side has when fielded target X Men character die other than Colossus gains Overcrush. So, yeah, with Zar Colossus's massive stats, 
That's, How cool would that be? That's that a thing that you Zar, can do. That Colossus gives Zar Colossus overcrush. <laughs> doesn't the Wolverine... Yeah, the Wolverine makes it so they're cheaper to field. And Jubilee's an X-Men and Professor X X-Men. I think, I think you could make a pretty good X-Men affiliation team. Yeah. And yeah. We, there's, I mean, because there's even action dice now that support all X-Men because I think it's the Xavier schools. All, all that of them. doesn't seem thematic, though. The, the, nah. Black, the Blackbird did something with... Ooh, X-Men, and that and that, that would work with um to nerf globals for certain people that like globals a lot. I don't know who you're talking about at all. WizKids is nerfing all the globals already. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you could use Shredder with it. Oh my god. <laughs> I like how that's what you you're trying to, to, to avoid the topic. You're just hey Shredder. <laughs> Well, doesn't that sound totally like a Rust like card? He'd be like, "Yeah, just throw an eight-cost shredder on there. What's, that'll what's, that'll what's, just solidify the ability? team." All right, <laughs> Winfielded, move all foot, foot ninja dice and up to two sidekick dice from your use pile to the field zone at level one. Right, all those sidekicks, boom. Is yeah, it use pile? Mm-hmm. Is it so use pile? Yeah, from use pile to the field. So you're getting, you know, if you have a, a few side uh, foot ninjas out there and two sidekicks. So yeah. so we're oh, at, hey, we just it, need a crossover character hey, remember, hey, and a So for basic <laughs> actions, <laughs> for basic actions, I'm I'm thinking that um, you could do big entrance to be able to buy a lot of Alfreds really fast, but you could also use that old I think it's AVX or UXM um, promo basic action, the one that allows you to was it rally that uh, that you put two sidekicks from oh, your yeah, yeah, pile yeah, into yeah. The... It, was, it was yeah i think it's rally yeah, so that would work really well with it actually we we're talking about that I'm, I'm thinking of what, what was that old one where you do your de- opponent like one damage for every character that's... feedback feedback Ooh. <laughs> just combine that with this too hey you know what else we need is uh human torch the one every time you filled one and venom agent <laughs> venom <laughs> How many, how many cards do we have on this team? It's like... A- 17. <laughs> this is a, a trim 17-card team. I don't like it being an odd number, so we should add three more so we're even 20. <laughs> hey, what about the... Uh, um, oh, who is it? Uh, crystal, that whenever you roll a uh, wild, then you can turn it to a sidekick die? Oh, yeah, that yeah. That's, that's a rare... So it's yeah. a rare crystal. Yeah, While crystal is active during your roll and reroll step, you may spin question mark faces to sidekick faces. That'd be good on any sidekick team. I think it'd work for this. Actually, that crystal, I've, I totally forgot about that. that. Yeah, you can, you can use it with the Samantha Wilson, too. So every time you then filled a sidekick, you could roll another die. Ooh. So it's like you're just doing all this Well, stuff you wouldn't be able time. to do it then because that's outside your roll and reroll step, right? Yeah. Um, I... Wait, because uh, crystal is during your roll and reroll step. Well, right. You just you don't have to fill it with that though, right? Uh, you just turn it, yeah, and then you filled it. Yeah, yeah. So you filled it, but you wouldn't be able to switch it if it was a question mark. You just get the extra energy. Oh no, I'm just it. saying in general because you're fielding so many sidekicks. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you just get, rolling. Get extra dice. energy or yeah. whatever. Yep. Yeah. Do you know what would be cool to use that with an energy fixer? So you turn a question mark to a sidekick, and then turn it to whatever energy. You want so that your opponent looks at it like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and, and they get really confused because you're like taking away a question. That's mark. just an energy fixer with extra steps. <laughs> it's like I like consistency, and this is going to give yeah. me consistency. <laughs> I think Russ would. You would I totally think X Men. I think if I were building around Zark Colossus, I would go Jubilee, Professor X, and then some other X Men cards. See, and I think that if I was going to build around him, I really would. I'd just make him the, like, 
backup plan for a, a solid or, 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 or the finisher, right? You know, you get them close and you just need something to do the last bang. No, because with a sidekick team, there's not really any close. You just kill them unless they shut you down, in which case then you bring in Zar Colossus. See, I do the fastest approach. Get, get as many sidekicks out as soon as possible. Get a cube. Make sure you get the cube and the Zar Colossus same turn. Just 20, so, so you're looking at, at cube, uh, white tiger, Zar Colossus, four energy fixers, Professor, Professor X, X. Professor X. <laughs> That's it. Yep. There you go. There's your team. <laughs> so I will say, strategy wise, whenever you play a sidekick team, you filled every sidekick rolled. I know. Well, yeah. when Zach doesn't play a sidekick team, he seems to field all the sidekicks he rolls, and I lose. Even. <laughs> Even if you roll a bunch of sidekicks early and it nerfs a purchase, if your strategy is sidekicks, you always filled every sidekick. Didn't you make somebody cry with a sidekick team? You can do a good sidekick team. Or did you make them rage? I can't remember. They raged. They left. Yeah. Yeah. So as a backup plan, speaking of Russ's old team, um, uh, who was it? Falcon? Falcon? Yeah. Well, let's yeah. throw Falcon throw on Throw Falcon too. on there, right? So that's so your Fal- secondary win condition. Yeah, if you Falcon's- can't KO them all, make them unblockable. <laughs> yeah. And then you put the shredder on. <laughs> there you go. All right. I think we're yep. we're up to 20 cards now. <laughs> yes. Finally. Great. So well, do- well, you need a sidekick buffer, too. So we got to go up over 20. So we got to um, bring in Captain America. Captain America. Captain America. Just bring Samantha all of them. them. Yeah. Steve oh, Rogers. Oh, and Captain America that gives the sidekicks infiltrate. Yeah. We're going to yeah, need yeah, that. Sure. We need that. <laughs> hey, wait. I actually have another really good one. Doppelganger, because you can only buy one of these and you want to keep refilling stuff. So Doppelganger, yeah. you copy him which means you get the 8-8, eight, eight, and then you buy more doppelgangers and keep refilling all of those. And you could even go the other route where you're not even using his ability because you're going to run out of things if you keep refilling him. But you just keep copying, so you get tons of this 8-8 eight, eight character oh, out there. That's disgusting. Right? And then you just throw an overcrush on a couple or, yeah, or, or, or get gr- the one where you get an overcrush on two of yeah, them. Yeah, or get a Gorilla Grodd out too. And just yeah, be like, I mean, Grr. it doesn't even matter if you're doing his ability. You just you just get buffy, yeah. buffed guys. I just though. thought of something. I think it's Carnage that when they roll a sidekick, they have to field it uh, from the Carnage pack. That'd be a lot of fun with this too. It wouldn't be exactly cheap, but... I think it's doppelganger. Yeah, I think it's a doppelganger. doppelganger. Yeah, it's a doppelganger. Yeah. So, but then you can't have Zach's doppelganger because they're doppelganger. Oh, my gosh. That's true. <laughs> that's dumb. I, I was actually looking at that the other day. I'm like, did they spell them the same? Is one of them L-E and one of them E-L? Is there an umlaut no. on one of these? Yeah, they're, 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 they're exactly the same, so don't try to do it. That's, oh, man. But now I want to play this team, but somehow we need to... Can, do we have a mat big enough to fit all 30 cards? We are currently sitting at a table with a mat that would totally <laughs> fit those cards. I feel like we need to just design a, a, an event where people have to bring 30 cards for a team, and we'll just bring this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see that that bring your collection. Enough. Everything's on the table. <laughs> you can just... play every card in your collection. <laughs> What's your dice limit? There is no dice limit. It's <laughs> 30 cards, 60 dice. What do you do? Your whole collection is there. What's the first thing you buy, Russ? Scarecrow, because he knows he has the blue eyes global. Honestly, probably Constantine. <laughs> but really, I know it's off topic, but that wouldn't that be fun? You have every global in the whole game at your disposal? No. Let's try it. I, I genuinely I no, don't think not, that would be fun not, at all. No. That, like, all that sounds like is just paralyzing fear. I feel what like you wouldn't bring I any do? other character other than, way too many than one card. You'd bring one card. No. <laughs> if you could use every global in the game, the number one card I would bring 
and play first is Wrecker. <laughs> Just <laughs> nerf it. All. Can you imagine how slow the games would be? Because like Alex would just bring his bag. And and oh yeah, all, all, and so like he all would, the random like grocery bags. Yeah, he, he'd just be he'd be like ten minutes. Let me, let me, let me find this die. I know I bought Constantine <laughs> here somewhere. Let me find it. Just give me ten minutes. <laughs> Duffel bags full of Ziplocs. Yeah. Uh, there, there'd be me like flipping through my perfectly organized binders with like, all got my it, like got it. Uh, like tackle box style uh, dice organizers. I'd be like, here we go, here we go, and I'll just wait forty five minutes for you to figure out what you just bought. Yeah, see, what you I do, would is do you have you have twenty blank die basically that whatever you say you buy is what you buy, and then you just go back to the card and say, yeah, this was Constantine. That's what Zach does. I mean, he act, buys actual dice, but I swear he gets anything he needs at all times, so it all works. Zar Colossus level three, boom. <laughs> It's like, how do you have two of them? Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Nowhere would be good in that game, I only have two. Who took too. my other one? <laughs> Nowhere, would be, four. <laughs> Nowhere would be good in that game, too. Nowhere would be really good with Constantine, actually. Somebody's, you're, you're, like, I, I, I really wonder how many, how many teams you end up brewing out of one Brewing Buddies. Um, but Darius, I hope this helps you kind of get a team out that or just go do our crazy format where you have everything and like Yu-Gi-Oh it what might as well just just play like in the cartoon and get no, whatever it's full you need set so instead of full team or full <laughs> collection it's full set so you choose which set you're going against it's like and you have to go against another full set so yeah. it's like Yu-Gi-Oh versus Spider-Man this so. I feel like we're we're really really burning up another topic. Yeah, we could use on a show another time. I feel like the, <laughs> you guys may hear more about this later on. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Darius. And if you guys want to send in a brewing buddies, um, I know our list is getting shorter. You can always send us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. And I would also like to remind all of you guys that our episode 100 is coming up. So if you guys want to send in any comments, memories, or just to rip on any of our hosts, feel free to at those there too, and it might make it on the show. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, episode 100 is coming up next. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. How would you put together a Sar Colossus team, and what do you think about these copying guidelines? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and cool player resources. If you guys want to support the show and have Amazon Prime, hook it up to your Twitch account so you get Twitch Prime, which gives you a free subscription, and head on over to twitch.tv forward slash ktdata and subscribe today. We greatly appreciate it. All the funds that we get go back into making the show even better. Big thanks to everybody who listens to this show. Everybody on the team appreciates it. And until next time, my friends, for episode 100, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Thank you.